Welcome to episode 47 of Story Mode, a video game podcast, the official podcast of StoryModeGaming.com. I'm your host, Jesse Munro, and I'm joined today by the lovely Simon Evans. Hey all. Again. Why am I doing that again? I don't know. I use that once. I use that already. That's your I mean, saying hello is usually the way you start. Yeah, I know, but that things, specific but... heyo is like Look, Simon has derailed the whole show. Yeah, already. But we've also got Keelan Simpson to derail the show as well if he wants to. Hey, Simon, it's like your thing. It's like your signature. Your sign. Well, no, because know? I'm stealing it yeah. from Borderlands Sim- Two. So Simon's known for saying hello. That's his saying. <laughs> <laughs> What's your catchphrase? Hi, Josh Cotter. Do you have a catchphrase? <laughs> Put you on the spot, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you I'm know, like, I'm you stumped. You know you do. You know you have it. An opening podcast. Come on, Josh. Hit us. Hit us with it. Come on. Go on, Josh. Hi. (laughs) There we go. There it is. We did the thing. (laughs) And (laughs) Lauren, we all know your catchphrase. Give it to us one more time. I don't. I did. Yeah. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) (laughs) This is a deconstruction of the story mode podcast. (laughs) What I've always always done whenever I've had to be. In the center of attention for even a split second, is I go yeah. So yeah, usually a lot of my hellos end up being yeah. Eventually, we'll all have like cool catchphrases and mottos and stuff. We can introduce the show like that, but today today. is not that day. (laughs) No. How are you doing? How's things? How's life? Yeah, nice. What are you playing and such? Remember how it was hot last week? Oh, it's hot for me this week. Oh, really? Yeah, I saw WA is all, um, which means that like next Sunday will be hot for us. We seem to get your weather like a week later. Yeah, yeah so it snowed yesterday. Yeah. What? Really? What? On in Mount Buller. Yeah, it snowed a bit, quite a bit. Oh. Ugh. Mm. Whereas currently it's, it's cool. 36 degrees and yesterday my house was close to a bushfire. So, yeah. Lovely. Oh. And there was another this bushfire in my suburb really at the start of the week. So it's been Actually, great. Jesse, I've just looked at the weather. Next Sunday, 38. <laughs> so there we go. Thanks, Simon, bringing the bushfires to us. You're very, very welcome. Yes. And mm. we can probably yes. blame Scott Morrison for it as well. Because why not? I, I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's all his so You know what game I've been playing this week? A lot of? Uh, chess on my phone. <laughs> I started watching Queen's Gambit and I'm like, all right. You've Queen's what Gambit is, is basically an, an it's an anime. <laughs> There's so much anime shit in that show. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just it reminds me so much of like One Punch Man when he's going up the ranks and stuff like that, and you seem to know everyone else. And it's like oh, but the little characters you get involved with, great. <laughs> um, so I downloaded Chess on my phone. So that's basically the game I'm playing this week. And you know what, guys? I fucking suck. <laughs> I'm not surprised. No, offense. I fucking suck. Did you at least I learn the rules f- first? I know I can play chess. I'm not that dumb. I don't know all the rules for chess. <laughs> Josh is there. every time I play it though, like I'll play it. I'll be playing some dumb open world game, and one of the open world activities is going to be chess. And I'm like chess. Pff, I don't know how to play chess, and I start it's playing like, chess, and I get really into it. It's like Texas Hold'em. I start thinking so you- about chess a lot, and then I just play Fire Emblem. Interesting. Yeah. That's bad. <laughs> and then I feel better. That is. <laughs> thoughts. The only the only reason I learned to play chess is like way back in the day. I don't know if it was like Windows ninety eight or Windows ninety five, but it came pre installed on three D chess. Three D chess, mm-hmm. and yeah, 
that's the, it was the only was game there. that was on my home computer and i had to play a game right because i was addicted yeah, to man. this shit so i learned how to play chess and i remember like graphically everyone's like oh it's in 3d so this is pretty impressive 3d pinball. and you're like yeah look 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 at the texturing on the yeah. pieces like i don't know if it's wood plastic or metal but it's something it's- and i'm impressed by it <laughs> that's definitely also, an object we could do a full episode on on. We should do like a full episode on the free Microsoft games, like Ski Free and. Oh, Lauren like that. has some stories. Oh, tell you what. As as Josh as Josh mentioned before, fucking three D pinball was where it was at. Three D pinball, what's the shit? Man, you know that I went sound a big online when it starts up that just triggers. Oh, it just yeah, takes it you, teleports you back. It's like oh. a, a time machine. It's incredible. Can you can you give us a sample of that sound? No. But Jesse, something like that. <laughs> 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 an episode about those games is inevitably going to lead us to the copies of Age of Empires Kellogg's gave out for free. Mm-hmm. Thank you, oh. Kellogg's. That and it was it was that and Colin McRae Rally, some sort of rally game. I'm going to say it's Colin McRae Rally, mm. but oh, I it miss being free. Kellogg gods. Free As shit in various breakfast I foods. Didn't get that. No. Uh, no. Hey, dude, we want we once got Charmeleon Pokemon cards and Kraft cheese. Ooh. Fucking bitch. There is like, only why, one why downside Charmeleon? to that, and I that love would be it. purchasing Kraft cheese. So <laughs> oh, I don't. That, I Kraft don't know if it's cheese. worth the risk to your oh, health. <laughs> Damn. I like how a bunch of absolute moronic people are boycotting certain cheese brands in Australia for really dumb reasons. Ugh. But Simon's like. Nah, fuck Kraft cheese. They give you a Charmeleon. Fuck that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying Kraft cheese tastes like shit. It's not worth the risk to your health. Kraft Pasty cheese. Come on, American cheese. Also, it's really weird that you guys call cheddar cheese tasty cheese. It's like, well, yeah, all types What's of cheese brand, are supposed to be tasty. It's cheddar. It's what mm. it is, not tasty. Because cheese is just inherently tasty. End of story. Cheese is pretty tasty. Well, before this becomes a fucking dairy cast, um, <laughs> let's get into the topic of, of the day. So, I mean, over the last few weeks, we've discussed, uh, you know, a bunch of games coming out this year, and we've got some huge ones Horizon, Halo, Monster Hunter. Yeah. There you go, Simon, there's that Monster Hunter re- yeah. reference for the week. Um, <laughs> we've got a bunch of really big ones, but there are some games that, while not super small, they these are sort of games that are being forgotten. I feel like some of the hype isn't there. Um, so today we're going to go through 10 games that we probably won't dedicate full episodes to, to be honest, towards throughout the year, sorry. So let's talk about them now. And the first one, I'm handballing straight to Josh, Whoa. Persona Strikers, comes out actually next week. Oh, sorry, <laughs> oh in, in, one we- in one week and a month, <laughs> February 23rd. Um, yes. So, Josh, what, 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 what is? What is? What is a Persona Striker? What is a I'm Persona I'm glad striker? you asked. How does one strike a Persona? So uh, Persona 5 Strikers <laughs> um, is essentially a sequel to the original Persona 5. Um, so since Persona 4 came out uh, and they got a ton of spin-offs and anime adaptations and all that stuff, they kind of went crazy with all kinds of different genre spin-offs. So there's like fighting games, um, dungeon crawlers, um, all kinds of things. Um, and they're trying some different genres this time around after Persona 5 came out. Um, so we got more, you know, we got some other dungeon crawlers. Um, we have yet to get a fighting game, even though it's been confirmed that they are working on one and we will be getting one at some point. 
Um, this one, though, is going to be a Dynasty Warriors-inspired um, Persona game, which is incredibly exciting, uh, partly because, I mean, who doesn't love action RPGs? Uh, but also, uh, the original Persona 5 was originally intended to be... Uh, an action RPG. It was going to shake up the series and oh. move it in a different direction. Um, so this, while it wasn't originally going to be a Dynasty Warriors game, it's kind of them coming full circle on that premise and making, you know, finally delivering on some ideas they originally intended for, you know, that first release. So um, is it basically age? Like it's like true Persona Five. What Age of Calamity is the Breath of the Wild? I mean, yeah, essentially, uh, except this time around, chronologically, it takes place six months after yeah. the original left off. Um, so this time around, you know, after the events of the original Persona 5, um, Joker and, you know, the Phantom Thieves get up to more mischief and they get roped back into the game via a bit of blackmail. Um, and, you know, they get to go do some fun, you know, supernatural hijinks, do some this heists. Looks- Tokyo Fun as hijinks. heck. Yeah, I feel like they're really leaning into, similar to what actually Age of Calamity did, where they're really leaning into the art style of the original game. Um, you know, like it almost looks indistinguishable, if I'm being honest, um, as well as incorporating um, those, the combat elements that you have inside, you know, the dungeons of Persona 5, as well as the real life elements, those kind of like life sim things where you get a part-time job and you get to hang out with friends and get to um, experience your social links and, you know, build that camaraderie. Um, so it's really like the more I look at it, the more it kind of just seems like Persona 5 2, but with action RPG elements in place of the turn-based system used before. I, I think, think that's it's so exciting. I'm going to get into this one. Cause like, well, I, I think I've spoken about this on the show before. Um, Lauren and Josh, when I first met you guys, one of the first things you guys said is play Persona 5. So eventually I got it, played it, and it just, it wasn't for me. I couldn't get into it. And it, it is that turn-based mechanic which really does kind of turn me off a lot of games. Um, whereas my partner who loves it sunk like 200 hours into it. But mm-hmm. watching mm-hmm. the trailers for Strikers, this looks up my alley. Cause I mean, I love the art style. The characters are great. The music is just like yeah, phenomenal uh, yeah. above everything else. Also, Quick note to everyone, everyone listening, the persona, all the persona music, basically all the persona music, is now on Spotify and Apple Music. Holy shit, don't listen to it. I've been listening to it all week. And oh, that's I'm full of energy today. That's a yeah, good boy. persona energy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but like, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, in regards to persona strikers, um, there's a fun, fun little thing. I was in the EB Games the other day, and um, my local EB, I know pretty much everyone that works there because... I'm me. Um, and I was speaking to the manager and I was like, oh, you know, how's everything going? He's like, you know, we've had an, it, a surprising amount of pre-orders for Persona 5 Strikers. Like the two most pre-ordered games right now, so far as EB are concerned, are Monster Hunter and Persona 5 Strikers. Is it is it Monster Hunter on the most pre-ordered games they have because you ordered like 400 copies? I can neither confirm nor deny this. <laughs> <laughs> But for legal reasons, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad it didn't get some love because, yeah, Persona 5, I, I feel like not enough people talk about it, but a lot of people really enjoyed it. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, mm. kind of like n- people who aren't at inside of, like, you know, kind of like gamer circles, per se, yeah. on social media. It seems like everyone loves it when you bring it up, but they don't talk about it that much. 
Yeah, I feel I, like I'm glad Strike is getting some love. Something that's awesome as well is that yeah, this is coming to PC and it is coming to Switch and not just PlayStation anymore. And that means mm. that oh, I all didn't those fans that came on with the anime adaptation or yeah. um, you know, watched a playthrough in the years since are finally able to, you know, get in and play a sequel for themselves. I think that's really exciting. Um and I think that's an awesome way to kind of um bring everyone back into the fold before you blow up with another spin off or potential Persona Six, you know? Um Yeah. How about you, Lauren? You're you're a big persona fan mm-hmm. this one um, got your attention or you're a bit yeah, no i'm all about know. this i loved dynasty warriors back when i was in primary school um don't know why it was it was dynasty warriors need for speed and g1 jockey <laughs> they were the three <laughs> three titles that I, I played uh all the time and it was really good because uh the koei tecmo made dynasty warriors and g1 jockey so they were the same horses so that was nice <laughs> <laughs> i like we was expecting a battle it has been a while since we've had a good horse review from you, Lon. Oh, yeah. Or have you played something with a horse in it recently? Uh, well, the only thing would be Assassin's Creed Valhalla, really, mm. which, look, they're okay. They're all right. At, at, at first I was like, no, they're just, they're, they're too slow. They're too stocky. They're, they're not, they're not getting there, you know, they're not getting there. But then I think after I played it for 50 hours or so, I was like, yeah, all right. They're like, they're fine. Like after a while, you just don't even... Don't even notice the clunkiness behind them. I like how that there is there is you know people in the development team who have just spent like hours and hours on this horse to get the mechanics right and you know make it feel fluid, taking pictures of horses, drawing you know, getting it all right. Yeah. And you're and the review so far is yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. Oh, <laughs> man, I don't know if they're doing that much research for Valhalla. I don't want to shit on anyone there, but oh. man, like Valhalla's a huge step up over Origins and Odyssey. But Origins and Odyssey, man, were, like, awful. Mm. They were, like, MMO mounts <laughs> where you're just, like, slip-sliding all over the place. The you testicles don't, like don't even shrink in the cold. See, Assassin's, right. Creed, Assassin's Creed 2 had good turning, good breaking and turning. That's all I can say for that. Well, I feel, also this, feel like Assassin's Creed 2 it. had, like, tight controls in a weird way. Well, that's it. Like, the, yeah, it was tight. It was nice. Yeah. Tight turning. Anyway, moving on I with that. that. No, Musou games. I'm I'm all about Dynasty Warriors and the Musou games. I'm not really into Legend of Zelda, the Hyrule Warriors one, because I'm not really into Zelda that much. Um, but sorry, Simon. I know you're shaking. Just your head. shaking my head disapprovingly. At you. At you. <laughs> he's just tearing yeah, down yeah. all his Zelda posters and his Hylian <laughs> shield I and his master sword. <laughs> I mean, oh. you guys can see in the background. I have Zelda in a box. <laughs> yes, we can. Yeah, she she is. She is terrified. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the only way I can keep her safe. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Simon's on the list now. <laughs> well, moving on to our next game. And I know, like, Keelan, I know you're not that keen on uh, Persona too much. So I'm going to move on to a game that I know you're really, really keen on. Pokemon Snap, uh, which comes out April 3rd, 2020. Keelan, tell us why you're excited for Pokemon Snap. Well, you see, you Under take the pictures. Bus you, you take pictures <laughs> of Pokemons. Okay. And that's we, exciting, right? Right? It is. That it is, is. That is, is so and relaxing. such an incredible concept that you have to make an entire game about it. I'm happy where, you understand. Where, where. <laughs> I'm really happy you understand about this. Um, this really niche. You you understand photo modes are a big thing in video games nowadays, right? Now it's just photo mode the game, but for the best, the best. I can't even remember the word. 
What am I trying to find? Franchise. Best franchise, franchise. in history. Most profitable well, franchise in history. <laughs> so this will be a follow-up to 1999's Pokemon Snap, which is on the um, 64. Um, and it's being developed by Bandai Namco. So bit of a bit of a change-up for the uh, Pokemon series. Uh, you explore the Lentil region and your little travel pod called little, the Neo One. Little Lentils. You're observing and taking, uh, as Keelan said, photos of the Pokemons. Um... I still can't believe we didn't get a Pokemon Snap game on the Wii U because I feel like that was just made for Pokemon Snap. Yeah, uh, yeah. 100%. Whatever. This oh, looks this is really cool. Really and this is so relaxing. I, I, honest, I find though, Snap so relaxing. I don't think Nintendo gave a shit about Pokemon Snap. And I feel like Bandai oh, Namco or some some director out there was just like, yo, I've got an idea. Pitch it to his boss. And they were like, yeah, let's pitch this to Nintendo. And they went on over to Mr. Nintendo. They were like, they were we like, don't Yo. care. <laughs> and they were like, sure, yeah. sure. Help us out with the next Smash Brothers. See, Bam. I, this could be a mistake here, though. Because, and not, not to get too much into Pokemon, because we've got a few Pokemon-themed episodes on the horizon. And I have a um, lot to say about Pokemon. Yeah, yes. <laughs> a lot. Um, I think it could almost be a... They may regret letting another studio handle the Pokemon franchise because when everyone's like, oh, shit, this is really fresh. This is a different take on it. It doesn't have it all looks sort of good. The, like, Yeah, like everything kind of looks a little bit more lived in. The world seems a little bit more dynamic. I am um, trying my best to hold my tongue here. <laughs> hold your tongue. So do you have something to say, Simon? <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, I only played Pokemon Snap for the first time, like, seven years ago. Um, my partner's like, found out that I hadn't played it and she's like, sit the fuck down and play this now. So I'm like, okay. I, I, I loved it. it and yeah, with the advent of like, photo mode had become really big in the last, say, four years or so. I think this is going to be, this is going to be huge, this game. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it is. And probably, this along with another game we're going to talk about in a moment, um, Probably unfairly on this list because I think this game is getting a lot of hype. But I just want to talk about it. Um, Pokemon. One funny? thing I really, really want them to bring back is in the original game you could um, take your. I think you could take your game cartridge to Blockbuster and print off some of the photos that you had taken. Oh my god! You could. Sorry. <laughs> and you get I want there to be a well. service. Yeah, <laughs> I want there to be a service where you can get your your photos printed out. I would love that. That would be so fucking Did cool. Did I tell you? So recently I played, um, on Lawn's recommendation, I played Firewatch. What a game. Um, and then you get a digital cat, like a little disposable camera in the game. And you can take like 20 photos within the game. Once you beat it, it emails you the photos. And then in every country, but fucking Australia, you can order prints of these photos. Such a pretty snap, game. Such a pretty game. See, all I hope with Pokemon Snap is they do... So it says it has over 200 Pokemon that you can take photos of. It sounds so dumb when you talk about it out loud, doesn't it? Anyway. Yeah, um, only 200? <laughs> <laughs> Keelan's like, hey, yeah. yeah. Thanks for proving but my point, guys. <laughs> I'm hoping that there is a whole heap of Easter eggs, you know? Like, I, I hope, yeah. I hope oh, yeah. for a long time Reddit says, like, dude, I just found, like, Mareep. Yeah, like I just saw a post on the Animal Crossing subreddit that when you eat fruit, you can if you go sit on a toilet, you basically poop yeah. it out. Yeah, <laughs> I wow. was just like, I'm sorry, and everyone's like, oh, dude, this came out like everyone knew about this within a month, and I'm like, yeah, but like you're missing the fact that this sold like 22 million copies, <laughs> and like. Game. Oh, about 21.5 million of those people have no idea that you can poop out your fruit. But 
Yeah, no, like I just, I really hope that there's like the, a, there's going to be a community of like hardcore Pokemon Snap people who are just like scouring every part of that map trying to find every single Easter egg. Like if there's like day night cycles or shit like that, that'd be so cool. I just want a but level I hope of the detail. End mystery like, is good. Remember when like watching uh, uh, Detective Pikachu? Oh, they're called Detective Pokemon. Detective <laughs> Pikachu, and you just saw these little like all the world building. I really hope we get something like that. I want some. Yeah. Um, oh, you more... know there's going to be open planes with nothing on it. You know that, right? <laughs> well, I want that it be some, there needs to be some sort of um, suburban sort of areas. There's a lot of Pokemon, mm. like, live in those areas. What I'm See really, a Rotom and something. What I'm really, really hoping that we the get The Rotom will is, be your cart. <laughs> um, I, I hope we get a, des- a design philosophy that's more along the lines of show, don't tell. Mm. And, you, you know, you get those little Easter eggs. You get those little hints and you get... Maybe a couple of callbacks Ooh. to the original game and just little things like that where you go, ah, oh, I wonder if, and then that yeah, opens you up do something it. I think, for you. Like, I think that would be my the primary Yanmas concern. The pulling along a child. <laughs> yeah, I want to see something like that. I, I want to see a spirit room absorbing 50 souls and play, like that. Because <laughs> I feel like they really nailed that with the original and that would be my concern here is that they mm. wouldn't do that here. I, I think they'd be worried about people <laughs> missing out on huge chunks of content because it's too difficult yeah. I mean, it's too obscure. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but fuck game freak, people. We'll figure game it out. Game freak aren't involved in this game at all, are they? No, no. Thank fuck. We were. Um, they're the only problem with this world. <laughs> essentially, yeah. Like uh, in a condensed version, yes. But the the thing is, is that if it was game freak that were making a lot of, you know, directive decisions, then it would very much be a handholdy. Um, You're right. Yeah. Forgive the pun here, but very railroady experience. <laughs> Where it would be like a oh, did you know that if you throw this at this Pokemon, it will happen. Yeah. Like this thing will happen. It, yeah. Watch, and then you do it, and they'd be like, "Wow, look at you! You did it! Great you job!" You sure know your type advantages. Fuck off, Hop. It's almost like these games are made for kids. No, but like, but they're fucking you know, not. I wonder if <laughs> it's, oh, it shits me. Sorry. Because um, back in the back wall, Simon. The description <laughs> they've given is that there's this this. What you're photographing is a, this phenomenon called the Illumira phenomenon. Illumira, yeah. Illumira, yeah. Where like random Pokemon's uh, and habitats and places they are, and the Pokemon themselves like glow very weirdly. That is a there's a Bidoof that's front buck teeth are like bright blue and oh stuff like god, that. Oh my god, that's amazing! And it's really cute. Oh, I don't like. I don't like that. Like, no, just well, like, make it like straight up. It's like I am the David Attenborough of. The Pokemon world. <laughs> well, that's a, like that's the thing. You got like Take there's gonna photos. be a reason for it. Like Professor Oak's like wonderful. Like that's wonderful. gonna. Wonderful. They can't just they can't just have like go take photos and go from there because then we'll have a bunch of Keelans running around and we can't have that. But hey. like. Hey, <laughs> take that! <laughs> Fucking hell! We had a bunch yeah, of sick bullshit. Bullshit. Go past it and we're right by. We just we need we can't we need like, someone joy. Like taking your photo of a Pokemon when you go past it, you've got to drive by. <laughs> Just to be clear and with Cyber everyone. Cyberpunk 2077 isn't good, okay? That's the other drive by. <laughs> hey, Just I shot on Cyberpunk yesterday. It's everyone else's turn now. <laughs> so, yesterday? Last week. Whatever. Days are confusing. I don't think badly about Pokemon games. I just have zero interest in them, and I like to ge- tease you guys about it. They're not bad games. And it worked, and we're all angry. And that's so, <laughs> one thing that I didn't want to ask you guys about Pokemon Snap, though, is this a full-price game? 
Oof, probably. Oh, that's a good I question. I wouldn't be surprised so. if it was seventy bucks and on the Switch. It yeah. will be. It will be, but it shouldn't be. I think this is very oh, much. Yeah. I think if it was a mm-hmm. different platform, it would be one of those kind of like double A sort of you know, sixty yeah. buck games. Yeah. But being Nintendo, it's going to cost the full price because it's Pokemon, and it will still sell a mm. trillion copies. It's Captain Toad. It should be though. I Quick agree. It, it definitely finish. should be. Quick bet. Before, uh, with the Illumira or whatever it's called, the phenomenon, do you think at the end, just like Pokemon Snap 1999 when you got good points and you got to go take photos of Mew, do you think oh, we're going to find a brand new, the, the next uh, the next mythical Pokemon for like the next game? Do you think like, like some sort of Mew 2? It's going to like, it's going to announce the new <laughs> mystic one. Um, I reckon it'll be cool. I don't think so. Although recently, Nintendo, um, or rather Game Freak have had a, the Pokemon company have had a history mm-hmm. of like teasing the next big mythical Pokemon or whatever, um, either before the generation Meltan. starts or after a generation do? starts. Like, Zygarde. Yeah. Remember Meltan, that little like bolt and its little metal goo look like Bicentennial's jizz? Oh, <laughs> Bicentennial <laughs> man's jizz. What about Zarud? I bet that's something you guys haven't heard. I like this song, Sandstorm. <laughs> that joke has never um, been said before. No, absolutely not. Oh god. Um, but anyway, my point being that I think because we're we're at a very interesting time for Pokemon as a franchise, I mm. don't think they're going to tease anything yet because they haven't decided what they're going to do. Because it's Game Freak that they're waiting on, and of course, in tri- like traditional Game Freak fashion, they're going to wait until probably June to go. Mm. Oh, we should probably develop another Pokemon game. <laughs> I disagree with that. I uh, the twenty fifth anniversary of Pokemon's next month. Yep. I think they're going to they're going to announce stuff Don't all that day or that week. I I reckon and we're way more likely the, um, to get a tease for Diamond and Pearl remakes. Yeah, um, mm. which maybe that would be cool. Could be cool if they don't fuck it up. But I have but zero faith in Game Freak. Save. Let's save the Pokemon talk. We're going to do an episode on that in a few weeks' time. Let's yes. move on to the next game, Returnal. Uh, oh, awful yeah. name for a game. Let's do it. Coming out March 19th from House Mark, the team behind Rezogun, which, holy shit, what a game. Um, with a third person sci fi shooter with a healthy dose of horror and a kind of bullet hell esque gameplay. You play as Celine, a space pilot who is stranded on an alien planet and stuck in a time loop because apparently this generation, all the games want time loops. Um, so every time you die, you start. Again, with more knowledge of the world and a few more tricks up your sleeve. Much like a game that most of us loved last year, Hades. The game um, really does feel like a mix between Control and Hades, but set on a planet from, like, Prometheus slash Alien. And also the monsters in the game look like, um... Have you guys seen the movie uh, Live, Die, Repeat? Oh, what a film. Uh, yeah. Tom um, Cruise. And it goes tomorrow. by another name as well. Edge, Edge of tomorrow. tomorrow, thank you. I was um, thinking about which, Did you know it's actually an anime adaptation? Sorry, a manga adaptation. Really? Yeah. Yep. Damn. Okay. Um, the monsters in this game remind me of that. A lot of, lot of tentacles going on. Yeah. A lot of tentacles. Jesse, I really like the look of this game. I like a lot about this game, in fact. But that name is so fucking off-putting. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I hate the name. I'm just yeah, pushed but this, away. This, I, I've, got, I've come around, because I remember the... Around October or so, when we're putting out episodes, I went on many a rant about um, Immortals Phoenix Rising being a shit name. And it's still <laughs> a shit name, but you know what? The game's good. So I'm going to I'm gonna forgive Returnal of a name, because, yeah, it's not good. I, it's a bad name for a game. But gameplay-wise, this looks good. And I, I mentioned Control because I got the same feeling in, in deep in my heart 
watching this trailer for the f- these trailers for the first time mm-hmm. as I did with, with Control. So I've got a very, very good feeling about this game. Jesse, I have... I- Sorry, no, so sorry, I go. just go, no, um, no, ran into a few um, first impressions, I guess, of Returnal because it's launching so soon. Um, and a lot of comparisons to Risk of Rain 2 in that, Ooh. you know, it's a roguelite type thing. And yeah. That's I mean, high praise. I, I know. Like, so That's very this high is kind of, kind of leaning it's towards... It's picking a lot of boxes. Yeah, right. I, I'm leaning no, towards it now. I'm interested. There was a new trailer came out this week. Or last week now, which showed off a bunch of the new weapons, or a bunch of the weapons you'll be using against a lot of the creatures. And, you know, you have your basic, you know, machine guns and stuff like that. And then you got some alien weaponry, shoots lasers and shit. You got some melee weapons, you got like a big sword. Cool. Um, there's also these like parasitic ones that crawl up your arm and they give you buffs, but they can also be detrimental. I'm not quite sure how that balance will work. Uh, you know, you may be kind of like the boons in, um, some of the boons in, um, you get from chaos, the chaos boons from Hades, where it's like, okay, so you you can't dash, your dash goes down by forty percent, but then your attack goes up by fifty, kind of thing. I think it's gonna be that type of stuff. It's so randomized every time you run through. Keen mm. on that. Also, space games. I like space. <laughs> I I have issues with the game and the messaging that they're putting forward because it is a really? roguelike. Yeah, it's it's a roguelike, a hundred percent. Yeah, but they're not advertising it as that, and I yeah, feel I don't like think you need to. I feel like people- I yeah, disagree. I, I, I completely disagree because I didn't even think of it as a roguelike until I mean, like, I saw in a dumb going, way. Oh, I look agree. At it. I agree with you, but at the same time, the name of the game is Returnal, so like undying and returning <laughs> in one word. Also, the fir- where it's kind of like the first trailer tells you, first, like literally the first trailer, the story trailer. Um, she's like, I, I've died on this planet multiple times. I keep waking yeah. up trying to break, trying to work out what. The However, yeah. that doesn't yeah, necessarily mean it's a trope. That doesn't mean it's a gameplay trope. It doesn't mean it's it doesn't mean it's a roguelike. If just because hey, that's the story base, you would you would just bag it out Pokemon for not spelling for spelling stuff out. Now you want this spelled out. I want a game freak. I'm <laughs> 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 smart shooter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually Hells yeah. I'm actually really interested in seeing how Eternal shakes out because I'm actually a really big fan of Housemark games, and yeah. I was actually really disappointed um, with I believe it was their last game, uh, Matterfall, that uh, I did a review for when it came out, and I remember getting it insanely early um, for a review, like three weeks before it came out, and beating it in that first week, and just being like so disappointed with like how far they'd fallen in like just. That was my isolated thoughts without anybody to bounce it off. And I remember being um, it being a moment for me as a reviewer where I really didn't know what the public reception was going to be at all because um, I really didn't know if it was just me. I, I ended up publishing the review and it was what like the lowest review score I'd given, which was a, a four out of Ooh. 10, um, which, you know, for our site was pretty heinous. <laughs> But um, I I I uh I just thought it was really poorly designed, and um, the way it was designed as a PlayStation game, um, exclusively, and it just was mapped extremely poorly to the controller, and that's one of like, you know, that's one of Housemark's greatest strengths is that I feel like I never have to change the key bindings or anything with their games. They just feel so intuitive, and they kind of scratch that perfect arcade one more try itch 
where everything oh, feels just was like the perfect pure muscle like, memory, right? Me. Yeah. yeah, dude. Ah, I love it. It's zen. It. It's so zen. So I'm really, I'm really interested in seeing what they do here, and I'm excited to see them um, with a larger budget. You know, taking on a different genre for once and making it feel a bit more like a, you know, a AAA action game. These serious games that we love to play instead of those arcade shooters that they've been, you know, chipping away at for so long. But I think they, you know, kind of when's it come out? Well, let's hope they can uh, sort of break that cycle. They don't get stuck in a bit of a loop, a death loop, if you will. <laughs> Transition. Jesse, uh, when's it come out? Real quick. May. Oh, uh, Returnal. Yeah. March nineteen. Oh, that is quick. Yes. Um, Deathloop, May, coming out May 21. Uh, new game from Arcane Studios, who are the team behind Dishonored and Prey. Now, we've spoken about Deathloop a few times, to be fair, so we probably won't go into it that much here. I just want to talk about it again, though, because it looks so cool. Um, mm-hmm. Much like uh, Returnal, you're stuck in a time loop. You play as a guy called Colt. You're going around, you're hunting down a bunch of jerks um, on Black Reef Island. Um, you have to kill, I think it's eight of them, or nine of them. Uh, to break the cycle, all while being hunted by Juliana, who's a, another assassin. Now, something I, I want to touch upon here is Juliana can be controlled by, she can be AI, computer controlled, or you can allow other players to hop into your game and control her. I love this. I know, and I know dozens of games have done this sort of mechanic before. Jesse, are you telling me Deathloop is Dark Souls? <laughs> Look, you just took the word right out of my mouth. Yes. <laughs> Um, I, I, I think I, I love this mechanic and I don't know why it hasn't become so cool. the norm in almost like every, almost every game you could put in a mechanic like this. Do it. Fuck yeah. I love it. I feel like it would get really tiring over time. It mm, would become a very played out trope. I feel like that's even kind now, of what I'm concerned. as is when it became a thing in like the first Watch Dogs and you started seeing it appear as like, you know, enemy, like players would just pop into your game and they'd steal your information or they'd steal your weapons or they'd, you know, be whittling away your health from a distance while you were trying to accomplish a larger task. I think it started to get a bit played out, but I think you're right you- where in a game that looks as, um, I don't know, it's kind of like an immersive sim, right? This game where you're really trying to, you know, focus on taking out these targets in almost Hitman kind of ways, I think it's going to be crazy having another player work against you. I think it'll be exciting. I, 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 it depends on how it's done. I think in a game where you can do various things, so when you're playing yourself, you can kill in multiple different ways. I like the unpredict- uh, unpredictability of the game. I'm going to be super anxious playing it. Whereas games like Watch Dogs, which was one of the first times I really experienced this in a game, there were very set tasks that you could do um, as somebody visiting another person's game. Yeah. So you kind of knew what was happening and yeah, it got repetitive because you could only do, you had to do everything within certain confines. From what I'm seeing of this, it's very much like, here's your weapons, go nuts. This is going to happen anyway. Like the the computer was going to control her to be in this area anyway. I would love if, if especially the moment you notice that they're playing different. Yeah. Like, hold up, you normally, you know, would snipe me a lot more, but you're charging at me. Holy shit, I need to think about this different. I, I like unpredictability in games, though. This is done right. I think that could be another point of coolness, street cred, if you will, um, for this game, which already looks really cool. Great soundtrack and the art style. I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit concerned about it, though. Like, from from the like real-life person in control aspect, I feel like... Um, I feel like it would get very tiring. Like, you, 
you'd sort of sit there and be like, right, I know how to kill everyone in this time frame or whatever, but I just can't do it because I keep getting shat on by someone else. I keep getting completely blocked and I feel like it would be they would definitely reach a point where a new person coming into the game and going oh you know what I'll give it a try is going to get completely decimated by someone who's been playing the game for a while and it's not going to be fun and it's just going to completely remove Uh, it depends of course on how they balance it and stuff like that I'm just looking at it as the idea plus it works narratively because I think that the other nine I I think it's either eight or nine I can't remember other people they have to kill on the island they work with patterns you can, you can definitely um, make them do different things, like Josh just compared to Hitman, so you can cause them to act a little bit differently, but you can make them very predictable, whereas she is always unpredictable. So I think adding that extra level of unpredictability, which is already narratively sewn into the story, mm-hmm. works really well in this case. But yeah, Absolutely. it would, of course, come down to how they uh, level that out. If you get somebody who's played the game for 150 hours against somebody playing it for the first, on, first time, they're probably not going to pick the game up again. No. I do want to say it's really cool that uh, Arcane's getting the chance to make something this unique. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's nothing else like this at the moment. And even the way they're marketing it or, you know, uh, some of the art they're doing to promote it is really like eye catching. And it's really awesome that even before Bethesda was bought out by Microsoft, they were able to um, give Arcane this opportunity to really flesh out a really unique, solid idea. And it's not like Arcane's really had the biggest hits in the past, you know. They've, They've had some had very, critical very darlings. Good. Yeah. yeah, they're always solid games that always review well, and they have a really nice cult f- fan base around them. And that seems to just be, you know, powering them, and they can continue making these awesome, cute little games. Well, cute? I don't mean cute. Uh, these are not cute little <laughs> games, but um, yes, you know, dishonored, well known for all the cuddly toys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But well, in the grand okay. AAA Just- scheme and Bethesda as a whole, and these open world games, they're making very polished, very honed in, um, kind of like little pieces of art. I really love it. Just on a quick aside, just completely going off on a tangent here regarding Dishonored. Did you guys see? So a few weeks ago, in case you live out the rock, the the, the United States Capitol was attacked. Um, but one of these dickheads had a uh, dishonored tattoo on his hand. Yeah. And a bunch of like right wing media is like, oh, see that tattoo? It's Antifa. <laughs> yeah, it's a hammer and sickle. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's, it's like the like logo thing you from dishonored. <laughs> Look, if you raid the Capitol, don't don't play games. You don't deserve them. Fuck you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're Speaking of, this is this this is an odd transition to our next game, Destruction All Stars, um, which is coming to PlayStation Plus next month. This is originally going to be a launch title for the PS5, but uh, they pushed it back and made it a PS Plus uh, title, which I think is 100 the right thing to do because a game like this would have been buried under you know Demon Souls, Miles Morales, and stuff like that. And I think they've actually got something quite special here. I think this is going to be a bit, bit of a big one. I'm probably going to eat my words here. Um, being developed by Lucid Games, um, who are best known for co-developing Need for Speed Payback. Um, and they also did the console port of Goat Simulator, so good for them. Uh, now, this is from the official website. Dominate the glittering global phenomenon of Destruction All-Stars, the spectacular primetime sport for dangerous drivers. Master the art of intense vehicle-based combat blur through timing, tactics, and skills to cause colossal amounts of damage, destruction, and devastation in vibrant arenas across the globe. Pile on the destruction from behind the wheel or leap into the arena with a breathtaking reel of parkour action by dodging attacks, taking over vehicles, or using abilities to disrupt the onslaught of incoming vehicles. Cause enough mayhem to power up your all-size game-changing hero. 
vehicle fueled with special abilities. A roster of 16 blockbuster destruction all-stars are revved up and ready to compete in the name of entertainment and demolition. End quote. It's basically Overwatch meets Twisted Metal. Mm-hmm. And I, it looks fun. It I'm, looks vibrant. It looks different. I wouldn't even say Twisted Metal. I would say Rocket League. Yeah. I'd yeah. Say, yeah. Um, and I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. I mean, vehicle combat's pretty much like Twisted Metal's bag, though, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the combat aspect of it is definitely Twisted Metal, but I just mean aesthetically speaking. Oh, aesthetically, it uh, aesthetically, it's either. Either. aesthetically, it's either. Yeah. Aesthetically, it's straight up Fortnite. Um, Non-threatening. I, I just yeah, I really it, don't know how It's marketable, it looks fun, it's bright, it's going to be free on places. You walk in uh, and wh- your kid's playing this, you know. In the living room, and you're like, ah, kid, ah. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Get, go back to your room. I want to play God of War. Too. Get a job. <laughs> Get a job, you freeloader. I want to play God of War. Simon, what are what you worried? Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't think the concept itself appeals to me, um, let alone the art style. I feel like it's trying to mesh two things together um, in, a, in a weird way. It's experimental, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate the risk the developers are taking. Mm-hmm. And I think it has a huge amount of potential, but I just, I personally don't know if I'm convinced. Yeah. I don't know if the, if I'm going to go, ah, oh, yeah, cool, let's grab it. I will definitely be waiting to see what a lot of reviewers say, and then after that, what a lot of people within the community have to say about hey, it. Yeah. You, got, and, you got PlayStation Plus there? Yeah, yeah. Jump so, on. I'll jump on. We'll jump on day one. We'll on that topic... When I look at this game, I just see free to play, multi, multi uh, microtransaction supported. Like that's that's all part I can of see when I look oh, at it, that. It, yeah. Like I said, it's going to be like Fortnite, but I think this game is coming out for essentially free, so I have no problem with that. I yeah, think Fortnite like does a lot of things wrong, but it's not pay to win. It's I've I play Fortnite a fair bit. I've never put a dollar into it. Um, a- oh, what's um, yeah, some games. Hey, some games do it completely wrong. I'm going to save that criticism for when it comes out. Is it Jesse, some games do it right? It, some games do it wrong. Is it Sorry. permanently free to play? Uh, once you get it, I, I I'm not quite sure what happens after it's off PlayStation Plus. So yeah, but it's, very much they give it away for a month or two. Um, yeah. After that, you do have to buy it. Um, like four guys. But what if you redeem it, you do get to keep that copy. Of course, it's just if your friend picks up a PS5 the next month, they'll have to buy. Do it. And I imagine this is this is very much. It was, this um, is very much like a forty buck game to me. Yeah, well, yeah so. for us, I mean, that's more so like sixty, I suppose. But yeah, I yeah. think yeah. I wonder if they are still going to have retail copies at launch because I mean, you're going to need PlayStation Plus to play it anyway. Well, I remember when it was first going to come out. I definitely saw cover art. Um, so unless they fully scrap the, the physical release, which I don't think is a bad idea necessarily. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens, but. Again, we can only really go on what we sort of know so far. And hey, what from what I'm seeing, this looks it's very much gonna appeal to the Fortnite generation. And hey, I have got no problem with that. Go for it. This looks fun. I think kids can have fun with this. Um some of the character abilities and such look interesting. Um, I'm keen. Lauren, do you wanna play it? Yeah. <laughs> Not really. I don't know. I um yeah, no, not really. Actually, not really interested. I might, yeah. I might check it out. <laughs> I might play I'll a game play on the first day, but like, I don't know. I just, I hope they're not banking on like massive 
Rocket League success just because it's a brand new game coming out PlayStation Plus first off. And I know? hope that if it doesn't get that Rocket League success, they don't just ditch it. <laughs> you oh, know? they got to support this. Yeah, oh, yeah that's a fair concern. Well, I I feel like this is probably the most un like one of the games I feel sort of the most uneasy about because I want it to do well for the sake of the developers and stuff, and you know I want the I want there to be a nice little gem, like a diamond in the rough, as it were. I think that'll be really cool. Yeah, but I'm not convinced that this is going to be the game for it. Yeah, I I I'm uh, cautiously optimistic. I think it was quite fun. Moving on to another game that I think is. What a risk, and it's bizarre. The Lord of the Rings Golem. Uh, this is being developed by Daedalic, a German developer famous for point-and-click adventures. Uh, it will draw inspiration from the Lord of the Rings books, uh, taking place before the events of the game. Now, we don't actually know too much about uh, what exactly you'd be doing as Golem. You know, the character that, you know, when you guys watch Lord of the Rings, like, you know what game, what character I want a game about? Fucking Golem. <laughs> Probably wouldn't have been my pick. Okay, Jesse, before you continue, just let me say that Golem as a main character is still by far significantly better than the main character of the Middle Earth Shadow of War. That oh franchise. my god, that guy fucking. Oh, yeah, because nobody knows his Talion. name. Talion. Talion, that's his name. He fucking and, and his ghost and his and his ghost. Troy Baker. <laughs> his ghost, Troy Baker. He was haunted <laughs> by, by Troy Baker, and it's like. He's like, oh, I need to go, like, avenge my family. And she's like, no, no, we have to go do voice acting for another game. <laughs> I tell See, you I what. Didn't, I didn't even know he had a name. I thought he was just Shadow of War guy. Shadow of War, man. <laughs> yeah. Microtransaction, man. Cop that. No, oh, but we can't fix it. I'm actually, I think there's a lot of potential here uh, for some Prince of Persia, like, Sands of Time style platform. Right. Some, yeah, some sweet wall running. I mean, have you guys seen the screenshots of this? Yeah, one of the most striking art styles I've seen in the longest time. It looks gorgeous. The developers come out and said they want this game to rest firmly in the uncanny valley. They want you to almost feel uncomfortable playing it and looking at a lot of things. They've gone for a very humanoid spiders, and I'm out. (laughs) The very like Gollum is very humanoid because he's still in that transitional phase between being Sneagle and Gollum. Not to ruin the book that's been out for 400 years. He's still in that transitional phase. They want you to kind of feel for him because he's still like, as the game progresses, he's going to get more hunched over and more, like, lose himself to the ring. In the music Um, at the moment. So all we really know so far is the game starts with Gollum stuck in Barad-dur, a a mortal fortress, which you break free from and then do whatever, collect rings, collect other jewels, catch fish, fuck potatoes, whatever he does. Um, (laughs) The game will be stealth focus. And also have uh, a lot of uh, interplay between of, of Gollum's inner battle with Sneagle, his like alter ego, his former self, um, and cool one of the coolest characters in Lord of the Rings mythos at, completely will be in the game Thrandall, which is Legolas's dad, big elven dude, rides a big fucking elk. He's gonna be in the game. You know what they should have done? Made the game about him. He rides a fucking elk. Gollum can't ride an elk. Maybe there's going to be kind of cool little creepy. scenes. Elk riding, yeah, and we can get Lauren creepy. to give us a review of the elk. <laughs> right. yeah. Ooh, I don't know. Elks are different to horses. How, how does the go. elk compare to your standard horse? <laughs> All right. Well, look, there was elk. You could ride elk in Assassin's Creed, just so True. you know. True. It was For real? even worse. Yeah. yeah. In Valhalla? Yeah. Yep. Fucking hell, you play oh. Valhalla. Oh, get an elk. Yeah. No, you don't. You really don't. Um, you really right. should. 
Ooh. <laughs> I did, Jesse, a bit right. of reading it's about right. this game. And I read that there's going to be sort of like a focus on like a prison break kind of story. So that's interesting to me. So obviously, like, well, it'll be escaping that Barador. He's, he's in Barador. But is that going to make sort of like breaking in and then out? Is that going to be like the, the levels almost? Like the stages? He breaks out. He's like, oh, fuck, I forgot the ring in there. I want it to be like, oh, yeah, yeah. back in. But like you're trading cigarettes in Barador or Krakatoa or whatever it is. And you. <laughs> <laughs> and like Gollum gets in deep and he accidentally like shivs someone in the shower block and like, you know, classic Lord of the Rings <laughs> stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you see, one to be like Lord of the Rings meets Oz. <laughs> That's right. right. That's what the director said. Aren't they the same thing? <laughs> Basically the same thing. <laughs> so the, now uh, I, I really want to play a way out, but with um uh, Sam and Frodo now. Mm. That'd be oh, sick. Well, yeah. And you're escaping that tower at the end of um, uh, Return of the King. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oi, Daedalic, give us a call. We'll make you goddamn game. And you got to give like, we'll Frodo make you a, a click speech to like, get him to pick his ass up and like get rid of the ring. Frodo's a oh. bitch. Fuck Frodo. I'll say right. it. Fuck no, no, Frodo. No, no, bag and if, there's gonna be, if there's going to be a Sam and Frodo game, there has to be that same homoerotic tension. There, there has to be a kiss. It has to be there. Like yeah. That homoerotic tension that you feel throughout all three movies where you're like, go on, Sam. Tell them how you feel. Yeah. Do it. Do it. So, okay, my only want for this Golem game is like uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, a mini game where you get to sing songs as a Golem. It's my favorite part uh, of the movie. That would be sings good. That fish song. I just how's want it going? <laughs> he does sing a fish song. <laughs> Jesse, I'm not going to. You sing brought it up. You got to do it. Nope. God damn it! Oh, I'll imagine it. My voice oh. is too shrill for that. I'm sorry. Um, but hell yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite for Gollum. <laughs> I just want to be able to bite people's fingers off. I mean, you, do, you probably do that in the last chapter or something. I think it's like you probably do that in real life. I'm like, oh, maybe. Yeah. Throw it in a pot yang, yang, yang. with some taters. Make a stew. Mm. Oh, I, I thought he did other things with those taters. Yeah. Well, have, you seen, have you seen that meme that went around? It's Sam saying. It's like, oh, what is taters? And it's like, oh, you know, boil them, mash them, shove them up your ass. And it just works <laughs> so well. <laughs> Not shoving potatoes up your ass. I mean, it depends. Whatever you want to do. Um, but just potatoes. Yeah, just wash, wash those potatoes before and after, please. And, uh, yeah. Um, and then. Safety first. Story mode. Do not consume them afterwards. Well, boiling them will get rid of any bacteria. Do whatever you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Fine, it's tough times. Sometimes, okay? It is. Maybe you can't find a stud, but you can find a spud. <laughs> uh, I believe I believe the kids call that smashed potatoes. <laughs> Why are we talking about potato fucking? Oh. I don't know, Jesse. Why are we? <laughs> Enough. I feel like there's one person to blame. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Oh, gosh. <laughs> How did we get this back on track? I, I, I like the idea of another Lord of the Rings game. It's been a while. The last Lord of the Rings game I played was Lego Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah, this is... I Because of their famous point-and-click adventures, I'm hoping they're very good at sort of that multi-branch narrative. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of hoping this has a bit of a telltale vibe to it as well. Mm-hmm. I imagine you're going to have a lot of dialogue options. And I imagine a lot of that will split you between Gollum and Smeagol. So maybe if you keep doing mm. more Smeagol choices, you 
start looking at acting and different, and you have different options going forward. I don't know, it could be like quite Fable. interesting. Mm. Yeah. Just make fun. Um, I'd, I'd quite like the game to sort of end with um, Bilbo finding the ring and taking it from um, from Gollum. I, I feel like that would be a nice way to sort of close it out. And I think it's it going to be the- quite... I actually know that could work. Oh, how... how- how long did Bilbo have the ring before Frodo had to go fuck off with it? Like 40 years or something. Yeah, for, yeah. 40, 50 years or something. That, that could work then, because I know this takes quite place quite a fair bit beforehand, but I don't even know how long the transma- transformation from Smeagol to Gollum took. I do want so. to say, <laughs> have you guys heard some of the shenanigans they have to go through to make a Lord of the Rings game? Like, the Tolkien family, Ugh. like, has so many, like, has it, like like ironclad like rule book where it's like you can't make games I, based can during use the, some stuff you can't use some stuff yeah. the trilogy and you can't do this and you can't change this and that's why the middle earth games are called middle earth because it's kind of skirting a loophole it's it's crazy man they're yeah. gonna be public domain to they should the just be public the, domain <laughs> oh when mm. the silmarillion which is like an appendix to all of the lord of the Rings stuff comes out oh my god there's gonna be so much stuff that comes out with it mm. oh it's going to be uh, good. There's a big thing. spider. Big fucking spider that has like a continent on its back. Big fucking bug. Just that as, in the a, game. as a, like an overall statement about Lord of the Rings and games, it's such a rich universe and there's so much stuff in it and oh. there's so many interesting yeah. stories that you could tell, but we've pretty much always ended up with an action-adventure game or like a, a hack-and-slash or something like that. So I'm really thrilled that they're going with a different direction for this game, and I'm really interested to see even more outside of the realm of just, like, kill orcs. Press square to fuck potato. That's what and I'm she talking she lob into a sexy spider. Uh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to Ghostwire Tokyo, which will be coming out sometime in October. Who knows? And um, this is from Tango Gameswork. Games. Game works. Blech. Um, now, from Bethesda's site, it says, mm. Tokyo is overrun by, de- by a deadly supernatural forces after 99% of the city's population vanished. Use a powerful arsenal of spectral abilities to fight the paranormal threat and unravel the mystery behind the mass disappearance. End quote. So in regards to gameplay, it's a first-person action adventure. We use all sorts of psychic abilities to defeat spirits, ghosts, demons, all sorts of ghouls and goblins. Now, combat director Shinichiro Hara described the combat as karate meets magic. <laughs> as a player character utilizes hand movements inspired by Kujikiri hand gestures to cast spells. Karate meets magic. I'm sold. I, I, I like- kind of fell off this game a little bit because I thought there was going to be a mo- lot more horror. Then we got a trailer and it showed all these like hand movements. I'm like, okay, this uh, looks a little bit different to what I expected. It looks, it had almost like a um, super hot vibe to it. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I fell off for a moment. I fell off for a moment. But then hearing just the term karate meets magic, which is the re- my review of uh, Cobra Kai, I'm keen <laughs> on this game. I'm interested in it at least. I um, have, like, now, despite really falling under Bethesda, you were really keen in this just because of the, the people involved, weren't you? Yeah, I really enjoyed the first Evil Within. Um, I, I've been meaning to finish off the second one because I hear from a lot of people that it's even better and it was received much better. And I really, really loved the first one. Um, and I mean, it comes from Shinji Mikami's studio, you know, the creator of Resident Evil. So I think 
Yeah. Um, there's so much potential there. <laughs> and I feel like his history with action games and um, being able to turn genres on its head, I feel like this could be a first-person Devil May Cry game. Um, and it could really like just be a completely unique experience that I don't think we've really had before. It looks it looks very different to anything I've played before. Mm. Um, the good news is, well, despite falling under, you know, the Bethesda umbrella, um, and therefore Microsoft, the game will still be releasing on PS5 as the game was announced prior to the whole Zenimax acquisition. Is that good news for people who are on PS5? But are, are you still as? Because I, I know a few people left the project, isn't that right, Josh? Yeah. So I mean, like they lost their. Um the actual director of the game that was Akumi Nakamura. Nakamura? The really cute um, yeah. Japanese lady. Oh, God, I loved her so much. And, you know, oh, did yeah. Oh, I loved stuff. her so much. Yeah. Um, she left it. Uh, and this was the first game she really got to take the reins on after um, just doing, like, character designs, you know, Kami and Evil Within and, like, creature designs. Um, it very so much felt like that really moment felt like a passing of the torch sort of moment so it's like yeah. oh that fizzled out really quickly it's That's crazy though because i feel like she's doing other projects now so right and it gained so much traction having her as kind of like a face for the studio that they were really lacking um because you can say like you know it has a rich heritage that comes from the resident evil franchise don't really have a face for that and i mean when those games were you know when shinji mikami's games were coming out you weren't turning on the tv and hearing anybody talk about you know ps1 games um, so I feel like it was an awesome opportunity to have a face for this studio and this Japanese front for Bethesda. Um, and it kind of sucks that they lost her, um, but they're still forging on ahead. And I mean, like it's coming out a lot sooner than I thought it would, but it gives me a lot of hope. Yeah. This felt like a while off, but October, I, I'm keen for that. Anyone else keen on this one? I don't know how I feel about it. This is another <laughs> one where I'm really sort of on the fence. Um, I think Simon, the- Simon, I feel like the only game you're playing this year is, is Monster Hunter Rise. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Pokemon Snap, probably. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it, aesthetically speaking, it is awesome. It looks incredible. The visuals look really crisp and bright in the right ways. And I, I feel like that looks really cool. So for that alone, I'm like, oh, this, this could be like one of those games that you sort of use to show off. A little bit, mm-hmm. um, but the gameplay itself—I I just don't know enough about it to be sold on the premise. Mm. Yeah, because why am I why am I fighting ghosts with magic kung fu and karate? Like, what what's going on? I need gotta find something. How else do you find know. ghosts? You can't ghost punch a ghost. Have you tried? Mm, exactly. <laughs> I have not. I have not. <laughs> well then. Get back to me once you try it, because I'm interested. <laughs> Lauren Kills, but, how are you feeling about yeah. this one? I'm about the same. I'm not really good with spooky games, but, you know, I also haven't seen anything that makes me want to, um, that, that jumps out at me that makes me want to pick it up more than any other spooky title I've seen that mm. I haven't wanted to pick up. <laughs> this is the kind of thing that I would maybe, if I was bored one weekend and they ported it to PC, I downloaded it from Game Pass, but I've just got no real mm. connection to it. So it, Yeah, I think I'd jump on it quickly if it got 10 out of 10s or something. You know, like if it was like a, you must play it this year, like or every developer. Then again, they didn't work for Ghost of Tsushima, so I don't know why it would work for this. 
Love that. Well, let's move on to our next game, Hollow Knight Silk Song, which is such a badass name. I don't know why. I just love that name so much. Um, Metroidvania action adventure video game developed by Team Cherry, based in Adelaide. Yay! 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 Um, in Hollow Knight Silk Song, the sequel, obviously, to Hollow Knight, instead of Knight from the original, you'll play as Hornet, a little humanoid insect thingy, um, and you'll use your little needle to battle enemies. There'll be 165 different enemies in this game. Holy fucking shit. That's too many enemies. <laughs> um, now, Hornet was originally going to be part of the DLC for the original game, but the team decided to expand the content into a full game. Um, it'll be coming out on Switch and PC. And I'll play it because it's coming out on Switch, but I've never played the original, despite it being on my PC. I feel like we're I also... Have, I've played about 20 minutes of the game, uh, died and suffered and was <laughs> frustrated and <laughs> thought to myself, you know what, I'm not in the right headspace to play this game, but I want to come back and fucking play it. Mm-hmm. That was about six months ago, and I think I'm about ready to give it another go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it's one of those games that's always been on my radar. And people, have, I've always heard, you know, friends talk about it and how good it is and how much fun they had with it. How, oh, it's challenging, but it's never unfair and all that sort of stuff. Um, in fact, my, my little brother actually played it um, about three weeks ago. He said he had such a good time with it. So I'm, I am keen. Like, I am very, very excited. I'm yeah, very happy yeah. that Team Cherry's doing so well. That's, that's yeah. well. Like, that makes me so happy yeah. that this you know, awesome it, little indie team have created such a big hit. I think and that's it, something yeah. that people forget a lot. Like, yes, it's a Metroidvania, but it's also a Souls-like, and the difficulty comes along with that. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. It, it's, oh, man. It's not just about skill. It's also about memorizing fights so you you're gonna just have to die over and over and it took me a long time to like actually click to that when i was playing initially i played it like i would play any other metroidvania in that i'm thinking like oh these fights should be pretty easy um enemies should telegraph their attacks like way more than they actually do i should be able to get through this no problem but no i fucking died over and over and over Mm -hmm. against that first boss until i realized like oh okay I've got to approach this a different way entirely. Um, and that changed my experience with the game. It's like the best of both worlds, really. Uh, Hollow Knight, the original. And Silk Song is looking... Oh, my God. Hollow On Knight the soundtrack. Huge, but oh. this... Oof. Oh, yes, Jesse, you're right. Soundtrack. Incredible soundtrack. Phenomenal. Mm. Amazing. So I, I, I was listening to it while I was writing all my notes up for the episode. Like, yeah. <laughs> They have a really, um, there's a skilled use of like motifs that um, they, they sort of come back to a key moments in the game. And it's it's super emotional for something that has this little actual written narrative. Like the story, like um, I was saying in the pre-show, like nothing is spelled out for you in Hollow Knight. They don't tell you shit and you just find stuff out as you're going. You'll get a little bit of flavor text here, a little bit of uh, exposition from a boss there um all the stuff kind of comes together and then you kind of get this bigger picture of everything that's happening with all these bugs in this underground layer it's amazing i like when games really um uh marry the gameplay like the difficulty of the gameplay with how you get the story the gameplay is not easy in hollow knight so you're not going to get the story easy either nothing about this game is easy but when you get it everything will feel earned I, I like that mechanic. It, it can take me a really long time to break into that mechanic, 
and for it to actually kind of sink its claws into me. When it does, I'm really into it. So I think I think you know what? After we record tonight, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play Hollow Knight. We're gonna do it, Team Cherry. This is for you. you They're right between it, us and Simon. They're in yeah, between us. We need we need to get them on on board just to I don't know say something every once in a while. Hey, let's not even ask them. Official developers of <laughs> Storyboard Gaming. Uh, <laughs> now I have to. They have yeah. to. Legally. You do. Legally mm-hmm. obligated. Well, let's move on to um, a game being developed a little bit further away in, in Russia from Mundfish, Mundfish Studio, Atomic Heart. Now, this is a game that I keep, I've, I've been seeing trailers for for quite a long time now, and it was just like never said when it's coming out, and I was hearing nobody talk about it, but it looks incredible. incredible. It looks like a Soviet Bioshock, which, fuck yeah. Um, the main protagonist in the game is a mentally unstable KGB agent called P3, who's sent by the government to investigate a manufacturing facility that's fallen silent. The manufacturing facility's been taken over by all sorts of robots and you know, crazed people and weird gravity-defining, I don't know, cosmic horrors. Um, now, do you guys want some good news on this game or some bad news about this game? Give me the bad news first and then hit me up with the good news. Done, done. Bad news. Um, this is as per Wikipedia. And this is something I didn't know. In January last year, a report was published on gaming forum Reset Era that cited anonymous sources within Munfish who reported about mass layoffs and incompetency at the studio. The report stated that the ve- development had been rebooted as of August 2018 and it resulted in a gameplay downgrade. Ooh. Good news is Mick Gordon is doing the soundtrack. And you want know fuck it? That balances the shit out for me. Mick Gordon kicks ass. Oh, Jesse, I yeah. was watching the trailers for this game, and in one of them, there is this like humanoid thing that is covered in like white spikes. It looks almost yep. like it looks almost like a, a fungus or something. Like it, it's it fucking terrifies me. And it was walking in this weird like gate. Like oh my god, it, it scared the shit out of un- me. It is such an uncomfortable game. A lot of the yes. things is just like, it looks like a lot of mindfuckery and knowing that the character you're playing is, as it says in the description of the character, mentally unstable, end quote. Um, I feel like there's going to be a lot of like, what is real, what isn't kind of thing going on. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I like games that make me feel a little bit like, ugh, but ooky spooky. I, uh- I, I feel like that is a slightly underused um, storytelling technique is by having an unreliable narrator. Like um, um, Samuel Sacrifice did it really well. Like, I, I, I don't feel like that's used as optimally as it could be in games. And it could create some, especially in horror games, Island I feel like hell. it's severely underused. But like, ugh, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's good. It's good to see Something like that being used in a clever way. And I'm looking forward to, you know, you you get attacked by like some weird creepy doll creature or something and you, you kill it and it turns out it was just a young person. An 11-year-old like like that you had to punch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going back to this. In the pre-show, for those of you who are very confused, in the pre-show they were talking about how many 11-year-olds you could take on at once. 11. It's recorded now. Hey, kids, come find me. Bring it. You know? okay. See you in the Speaking streets. Speaking of taking things on in uh, melee combat, uh, that was a big focus <laughs> of the gameplay. 
Well played. That was so good. Well played, sir. <laughs> that was a big focus of the gameplay uh, footage that they released uh, a few months ago now in 2020. Um, what did you think of that, Jesse? It looked fine. It looked okay. The melee combat? Me. Yeah. Oh, it, it looked very much like the melee combat like from other games that are similar. Uh, like, you know, Fallout, Bioshock, Cyberpunk, all that type of shit. Where the uh, melee yeah. combat is not great. Garbage. Yeah. It doesn't really, it doesn't really hit the Let's think of any that game that's done melee be. combat well. It does have a and dodge, like which no is interesting person. for a first person yeah. game. There is no first person but. game that has done melee combat well. I think you're right. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That's true. Yeah. I have to think about facts that. But I, might, I might come back to you. Next week with um some some options that that don't prove do. me but wrong. Anyway, I like to be right. I'm getting ah, super strong prey vibes from this yes. game. Like yeah, really, yeah. really it, apparent. Like it, it looks like yeah, it's it's prey crossed with the HBO series Chernobyl. Yeah, I'm cool with that. That's so there's gonna be a lot of there's gonna be a lot. This game was announced. Sorry. Where was I when this game was announced? When was this game announced? <sighs> like 20- I've never heard of this game. Well, that's the thing. It was like announced <laughs> like 2017. I want to say it was around then. And oh, sleeping. that's the thing. Everyone who's seen the trailer is like, oh, intriguing. But no one knows about it. Well, I've just looked up all the pictures and I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Every other game I've been like, you know, I, you know, I've either seen a trailer or I've written up a bit about it, but whatever. But this one, I'm just like, I don't know if I. I it could be because Munfish is super unknown. Like no one really Perhaps. knows what Munfish is doing. There's Perhaps. not much known about the studio. Um, but like, when we were coming up the list for this episode, like what games we want to talk about, it was one of the last ones I Ooh. thought of. I'm like, fuck, like I forgot this game existed. There's a there's a creepy looking mannequin with a mustache. Yeah, it's great. All the mannequins in Russia have moustaches. That's, that's that's creepy. I don't like that at all. Moustaches? Dislike. No more. No, this mannequin. <laughs> what the hell's up with this mannequin? Well, oh, yeah, um, I found, um, I found well, the exact same picture. If this follows you around, if this follows you around the game, that's an absolute no for me. I'm scared of Thomas the Tank Engine, man. Like, I don't even, I don't want to have anything to do with that sorry, shit. Sorry, what? Now, this is creepy. You know what they call a mannequin <laughs> without a moustache? A boynikin. Again, well done. It gives me like we happy few vibes, but without the yeah, that's the game. I'm just the unsettlingness of it, you know. We, we I just, I honestly, there's gonna be a lot of stuff that's not explained in the game, and I, I really like that. I love when oh, shit's not explained. So we crazy. happy few, but it's actually finished. That was so. Hey-o. That was so disappointing. That was oh, yeah. so disappointing. Well, let's move on to our Bye. last. Sorry, go on, Lon. No, I said I said Sai. I understand that's also Simon's nickname, but yeah. I was just doing. I'll some- tell you follow his name. It's S I G H. Doing some on a pee there. Sai. Um, now he sounds like a Pokemon. Simon. Sai. Sai. Solar Ash, formerly known as Solar Ash Kingdom. You're a duck. Solar Ash is the second game from Heart Machine, the creators of 2016's Hyper Light Drifter. Um, and Soul Ash will kind of be a spiritual sequel of sorts. Now, as per the PlayStation blog, in Soul Ash, the player journeys through the Ultra Void, a ravenous rift in space-swallowing worlds. It's a place of incredible danger and surreal spaces, a dream none can escape. Familiar, familiar though alien, lush but grotesque, peaceful at times and supremely violent in others, 
Our characters must find solace in each other to make it through the spiral of despair they find themselves trapped in. Players will tra- blast through high-speed traversal challenges with wild gravity and beautiful vistas while, stay- while slaying massive monsters and meeting with other lost souls. Beware the remnants that loom and bristle with hunger. End quote. Um, this game looks really, really pretty. Like, gorgeous art style. Combat and traversal look fluid and fast. The gravity-bending puzzles are super up my alley. And the soundtrack sounds the goods. This looks great. This looks like it's one of those hype games that you play for like half an hour. You you start playing, you're full of energy. I love it. <laughs> I reckon this is going to take the spot that Hades did last year. That like indie reckon, darling? Ooh. I reckon yeah. it's going to be, the horny if, not, if not one of the best <laughs> games of the year, it will be at least the best indie game of the year. And probably by a fair margin too. And I know that's a huge amount of hope to have for a game. But it just looks so fucking cool. I don't think it's well, unwarranted, though. I mean, like these guys made Hyperlight Drifter, and I didn't play that, but I, well, I mean, exactly. I heard of I heard about that game. <laughs> but yeah, like, when this um kind of got uh, announced last year, we did a we mentioned on one of the podcasts when we were going through. I believe it was the PlayStation one of the PlayStation showcases. It could have been the one they showed the PS5 off. I can't remember. Um, and we were all yeah, really jazzed too. about this. This looks good. But now, Lon, that you've mentioned, after the comparison of Hades, that this game is going to be horny. If this game isn't horny, you're going to be disappointed. These other Lost Souls better be like, oh, I didn't get back home. That's where my porn was. And then, like, kind of get horny from there. That'd be great. <laughs> all, that, yeah. all my oh characters. My every, yeah. indie, every character in indie game has, has to be horny. So, uh, I was, you know me, can be Jesse. Done. I am just not super interested in most new things that are coming out. Um, it takes a lot to catch, capture my attention. I forgot about this game entirely. So in doing research for today's episode, I went back and watched that trailer. And holy shit, man, I got chills. It's good. It's really good. Um, so it, apparently it's set in the same universe as Hyperlight Drifter, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure that's been confirmed, so, confirmed or not. I think so, yeah. yeah I, it definitely yeah. looks like it I'd does. I'd assume so, yeah. Yes, um, it's Color just three, 3D as, a, as opposed to the stylish yeah. pixel out that Hyperlight Drifter employed. But seriously, whatever they come up with, if they can capture the feeling that you get when that character walks out of that cave that they're in, that, oh that trailer God. gave me, like, that was, like transcendent shit right there that was like oh, coming yeah. out of the the tomb for the first time in breath of the wild like it was incredible man i yeah. love that just like the the, the world i guess in this case more for universe laid out before you is just like teeming with opportunity you want to explore it i think games like this what they do so well is make traversal interesting so mm. it's not that just that i want to explore it's like i can explore and the journey is as good as the destination because of how I can get around it. I love that type of shit. Um, something that I didn't really know and you don't really get from that trailer that much is that you'll be meeting up with other people. So I am oh. hoping there'll be a, quite a, you know, a, uh, uh, how can I gonna put this? A bit of a philosophical aspect to the game when you're discussing things with people. I have to don't go a bit deep into. Like kind of a journey vibe. Yeah. But I, I really, really enjoyed that. I, I'm hoping it has that depth to it. Um, Especially the juxtaposition between going around these weird cosmic rollerblades or whatever the hell you got, and then talking to people and be like, oh, I'm sad. Be cool. That's what I'm into. Hell yeah. Oh, 
Or, or, or could you imagine if, like, the the NPCs that you meet are, like, the embodiment or, the like, the spiritual embodiment or whatever of, you know, parts of the universe itself and you have to like, resolve their issues um, <laughs> you kind of, like, spirit-fairer and, like, help them move along like oh man that, that, that I'm just imagining you go into like you find a guy and he's like throwing rocks at you you're like who are you I was like I'm Asteroid I'm the embodiment of Asteroids <laughs> <laughs> just throwing throwing um, rocks at you and playing Asteroid on like a little Game Boy that I want <laughs> um, so of all these games um, we'll go around the room I want to hear which game ha- you're most most pumped for most pumped for and one that you like you reckon that could be a bit of a bit of a big hit uh, Josh we'll start with you Man, I don't want to be boring. I think we all know I'm going to pick Persona Strikers. Man, I mean, action RPGs are my favorite games. Uh, Persona is one of my favorite franchises. I'm incredibly excited to be getting a proper kind of sequel um, that's to the original Persona 5. Um, add on top that it's going to be um, traveling all over Japan, um, like in the original design documents for Persona 5. As well as, you know, having that sweet action RPG combat. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. And it looks super um, true to the other titles in the franchise. Like, it seems like the most... um, It it seems like an obvious direction for the series. I'm really psyched for it. Lon, how about you? Oh, wait, sorry, Josh. What's the game that you think may be a surprise hit? Sorry. Ooh, surprise hit. Man, I'd love to say Returnal. Um even Destruction All-Stars, I think Ghostwire is going to surprise some people and it's going to get some traction. That's what I, that's what would be my pick. Uh, Lon, what, which game are you excited for and which one's your surprise hit prediction? Um, oof. Well, I'm, I'm also excited for Persona Strikers, but also Pokemon Snap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe just a little bit. But I think, honestly, I'm actually really looking forward to playing Deathloop or giving that one a go. Um, I am, I'm going to be much more interested in playing it by myself. So I don't want anyone, I don't want any online person to come and like, cause they're better than me. Cause they're bigger than us. <laughs> um, cause it just, it just, I don't know. I don't know, man. I want to play games in my own time. I want to figure shit out for myself. Like I'm really excited for Hitman to come out. So, um, I think that's, it's going to be, I, I just love those kind of games. Hitman comes out this week, doesn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Actually, when this podcast is out, be one day. I think. I think that's how time works. Yeah, it's Wednesday. Hitman 3. Um, And what game? It's Wednesday, my dudes. What game do you think will be Mm. a bit of a sleeper hit? Um, well, I think for a sleeper hit, I reckon, oof, oof, I don't know, oof. I feel like Returnal's going to come out with reviews that are like, Six, you know, like meh, a big old meh. Kind of feel like Destruction All Stars might not reach the mark it wants to, but I, I want to see. Now I'm really interested in where Atomic Heart's going to go. You know, I kind of feel like it's got that that extra vibe of creepy that like will keep people interested in when it's coming and like how it's going to be. You know, like I kind of feel like people people don't necessarily want to be. Scared, but they want to be like creeped out, you know. Yes. They want to be uncomfortable. So, yeah. 
As, yeah. as someone as someone who's been playing Phasmophobia recently, I can absolutely confirm that because yeah, that yeah. game nails it I think, so well. And we, I, I definitely have kind of like bookmarked an episode where we discuss how horror works in games. Um, mm. But I think a lot of games rely too much on just jump scares and shit like that, which do nothing yeah. for me. I want like the the horror to come from my own head. Mm. So give me enough yeah, to exactly. fuel sort of my own. See, like psychosis. before, like the creepiness of the whole like uh, we happy feel like the masks and like that mannequin dude with the mustache and Thomas Tank Engine's face. Like that that shit scares the crap out of me. I can't like I I think the more I'm. Like, we happy if you creep me out at first and I didn't want to look at it. But then after doing news on it and watching trailers, it's like, you know, you get desensitized to it and you're kind of like, whatever, it's just a mask. Um, but yeah, no, like, I, yeah, that would be, that would be a very interesting thing to talk about, how horror and game works that way. Sai, how are you feeling? What, which one's got your eye and which one do you think could be a, a good enough? Um, the, <laughs> the ones that have got my eye is probably between Solar Ash and Hollow Knight Silk Song. Um, I think those two are going to be incredible in their own right. Um, I think, however, with that being said, Persona Strikers looks awesome, and I'm pretty excited to see how well that does. Pokemon Snap should be a really nice little return to form. Um, and I'm, I'm probably going to pick it up, but um, Deathloop, is, it, Deathloop sort of holds a little little spot for me. I'm like, ah, oh, this looks like just pure fun. This looks like the sort of game that you just go... Fuck it. I want to murder half a dozen people. <laughs> Put it in and go for your life. I I really don't know which one is going to be the sleeper hit. I think, kind of going off of what Lorne was saying about Returnal, I reckon, critically speaking, it's going to do pretty average or slightly better than average, but then have a really dedicated fan base. They'll absolutely adore the shit out of it. Sorry, I reckon it's probably probably going to be Returnal that's going to be that sleeper hit, that diamond in the rough. What about you, Kill? Even though I don't have much faith for it. So um, my obvious, my day one purchase is a Hollow Knight Silk Song. Pokemon um, Snap. Oh, sorry. Super keen. <laughs> super keen for that one. Um, and as far as sleeper hit picks, I mean, the obvious choice would be... Um, What's the one that Sam just mentioned? Solar I thought Ash. I, I thought that was going to be your day one purchase, to be honest. But, but I actually, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, man, this Gollum game could actually be good. This could yeah. actually <laughs> be something really interesting and unique that we haven't seen before. So I'm holding out a bit of hope there that this can be some kind of like sleeper hit and just, you know, proof that the Lord of the Rings universe has a lot of depth to it. We should explore it a bit more in the video game medium. Agreed. Um, and for me, the game that I will be getting day one, I'm very much looking forward to it and I'm going to try it as much as I can for somebody who writes for our site, storymodegaming.com. Um, I'm going to try and keep away from news about it as much as I can. Returnal. I am super pumped for Returnal. I'm getting some really, really good vibes from it. It's just ticking every box I need it to so far. So I've got high hopes for Returnal. Um, as for surprise hit, I think Destruction All-Stars could be really big. It could be one that's kind of uh, flash in the pan kind of things. Kind of like how Fall Guys was... It's still going very, very well now, obviously, but it was huge for two weeks or so um mm. i think we may get something similar here where it's like people are like oh this is free i'm gonna get onto it good game play with friends 
yeah, the best parts of Twisted Metal, the best parts of Rocket League, very Fortnite-esque, very fun, um, and marketable. So that will very much come to how Sony markets it. So I think Destruction All-Stars, Solar Ash looks very, very good. And the more we speak about it, much as I'm giving it a shit, I am, probably the game I'm most intrigued about is, is Golem as well. How do you make a character who cannot fight live in that universe? Um, because in in the movies, like the way he gets through things is by talking. He talks about the situation. He manipulates people. How are they going to make that work in the game when you're escaping orcs and yurikai who aren't known for sitting down and talking? So I really want to see how they how they balance it all all out. And I think it could also be quite a Gollum's story is very sad. Um, in the movies, he's just you know, a piece of fucking slimy fish boy. Um, and he's a bit of a dickhead. He bites people's thumbs off and then he falls into lava like an absolute dickhead. I'm hoping they show like how tragic his transition from Smeagol to Gollum is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for listening. Um, if you want to listen to our other podcasts, we have many now in the bank. Uh, we are on Spotify and iTunes and all other good podcast uh, networks. Um Sorry, podcast sites so subscribe and leave us a review while you're there check out all the fan critical podcasts as well um, as always a big thank you to them for having us as part of their network if you want to keep up to date with all the big news and reviews and booze I don't know uh, storymodegamer.com make sure you jump on that and tell your friends about it also you can follow us on all social media Facebook Twitter and Instagram at storymodeoz and if you want to chuck a couple bucks our way to support us, we are on Patreon to search for Fan Critical, and you'll get access to all sorts of bonus goodies for a couple of couple of coins. But with that, let's wrap this one up. So, Lorne, Josh, Kills, Simon, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. And everyone, thank you for listening. Stay safe. Play some games, and um, fucking a, play Hitman this week, eh? Woo! Woo! Hollow yeah. Knight. Bye. Well. Bye. 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 <laughs> You're a duck.